This is a Dice Brussels. Ah, uh, I'm not in Lisbon. Uh, you may have seen a tweet uh, earlier this week. Uh, I sat outside the monastery where the Treaty of Lisbon had been signed back in 19, well, in 2007, and uh, I talked all about politics and uh, things like that. It's lovely sunny weather. Uh, and then by the time I found somewhere with a Wi-Fi signal to upload it, things had moved on far enough that there wasn't really any point. So, instead of sunny Lisbon, outside a monastery, you find me staring out of a window at a slightly grotty day back in Guildford. Uh, yeah, it's raining. Oh well, uh, should have brought a coat. This week has been one of the more challenging weeks for analysis. Um, and I say that because at one level, everything that's happened is what we thought was going to happen uh, back at the start of the summer, that the determination of Parliament to avoid a no-deal Brexit was going to have to coincide or co clash against the determination to try and wrap this process up. And certainly once uh, Boris Johnson became party leader and talked about the 31st of October as a cast iron date by which the UK must leave the EU, it was pretty clear that you were going to end up with something quite like this. On the other hand, the way in which this situation has unfolded in the past week, I'm speaking on Friday the 6th of September, uh, Parliament's been back for a week and it's been absolute carnage. We've had the government trying to uh, bring in an extended prorogement of Parliament ahead of a Queen's speech, uh, which looked very much like, to the extent that some people brought court cases that are going to be reporting soon, uh, that this was an attempt to bypass Parliament uh, completely in the process and really uh, try and get no deal by default. As a result, that consolidated parliamentary opposition and determination to do something, a lot of talk over the summer about a vote of no confidence, about trying to have an early election, blah, 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 but no certainty that the government would stick to the parliamentary timetable uh, of a usual speed for an election. I might just decide that once uh, Parliament stops sitting because it's voted for election that, oh, what do you know? Uh, we've decided that the 1st of November or the 5th of November or whenever in November is the best day for an election. In the meantime, no deal Brexit happens. Now, that lack of trust basically forced Parliament towards a position of let's try the, amend, uh, the legislative route that we tried earlier in the summer. And you saw Parliament uh, successfully uh, go and uh, put together a uh, piece of legislation that now has gone through the Commons and is in uh, the Lords and should be uh, come law by Monday next week, which will require the government to go and ask for an extension of the EU for Article 50 if there isn't uh, an agreement in place uh, by the middle of October. Now, Parliament uh, pushed that through with the help of some rebels 
on the Tory benches. Indeed, even before that vote, uh, the government lost its majority as we had uh, another defection to the Liberal Democrats. But you saw 21 uh, Tories voting against the party whip, which was promptly withdrawn. And so the government has a very large shortfall uh, on a working majority in Parliament uh, at the moment. The gamble that Johnson uh, and his team were making was that in doing this, in uh, pulling the whip, that then they might be able to bounce uh, Labour into agreeing now to an early general election. So immediately after losing that uh, vote on uh, taking control of the order paper, the the government introduced a motion for an early election. So we had a vote on that on Wednesday, which the government lost heavily because Labour refused, along with uh, almost all opposition uh, MPs, to support it because there was concern that this was just going to be uh, opening the door to an early election Uh, in October, which would uh, potentially uh, reawaken the uh, opportunity for no deal, especially as at this point we haven't got the uh, piece of legislation through. Now, Johnson's subsequent calculation is that now that that piece of legislation is going through uh, and government opposition to it has basically been pulled uh, in the Lords, which have been a concern that they might try and talk it out, Uh, ahead of the prorogument that's supposed to start on Tuesday, there would be now a piece of legislation on the books on Monday, which would mean that on Tuesday there'll be a new motion for an early election, uh, which again requires two-thirds majority uh, to pass. And now Labour will bite, uh, and you'll have an early election uh, still in mid-October, which will allow for... uh, a Tory government to spring resurgent and successful from the process, uh, which then in turn will allow uh, a repeal of that bill uh, and a move towards a no deal. Now, that calculation, as it stands today on Friday, looks like it is going to not pay off. Labour have argued about it very clearly but they seem to have resisted the temptation to uh, go early on elections. And instead, they, along with all the other opposition parties, are saying, or seem to be saying, that when that vote comes up on Tuesday, they again will oppose it, or, alternatively, that they will try seek to amend it so that the election has to happen after the 31st of October, i.e. after the government has been forced to go and ask for that extension. So all of this seems to be shaping up for the election that we talked about for quite a long time through the summer uh, and the more adventurous people had talked about in the spring, which uh, arguably would resolve the situation. Now, I say arguably because I'm not totally convinced that a general election is the answer uh, to this problem. Firstly, it's not really clear what the policies of the different parties might be in this, Uh, particularly Labour's. I'm still not really clear what Labour's policy is beyond the solution to Brexit is a Labour government. 
Uh, and even the Tories still are stuck somewhere between the rhetorical framing that their priority is to get a deal. But if they can't get a deal by the end of October, then they will leave with no deal. Because if you have an election in October, yeah, there's no time at all to, to put the necessary legislation through and ratification. But if they're in a situation where they've had to compromise on that 31st of October deadline, uh, because Parliament made them do it, uh, then are they going to say whatever the new deadline is, and the legislation suggests a three-month uh, extension, they say, well, then that's the deadline, and we've got until then to get a new deal. Or are they just saying, we won't even bother, and so we're going to use this time purely for no-deal preparation? Um, that's a struggle, and partly that depends on what happens with those rebels who had the whip withdrawn. Uh, a couple of them had been told that they were also no longer members of the Conservative Party. That seemed to be peddled back uh, pretty much straight away. So they're still within the party. But in the context of a looming election that may be happening very quickly, do you want to replace those 21 with people who are more loyal to the party cause uh, and who might then... Uh, usefully be replaced in the context of a new parliament where the government might want to be more certain about how its MPs uh, vote? Or do you keep these people in because you want to keep the party together because you know that voters don't like uh, parties that look split? Now that, for me, still is, I think, a, a decision that has yet to be made, although I, I tend towards thinking that the purge uh, approach is more likely uh, right now, given the extremely stressed uh, situation that Number 10 finds itself in. And remember, this is a Number 10 that uh, has seen the current Prime Minister lose every single vote that he has brought in Parliament during his time in office. Now, OK, that's only four votes, but still, to lose all four of your opening votes is not really the best look in the world. The second problem with a general election is we have no idea really how that will play out. Um, there is so much uncertainty uh, around this uh, election. Uh, it's not clear uh, how votes will break, given that there is a lack of um, sufficient clear water between the Tories, who are ahead in the polls, and then Labour, the Lib Dems, and the Brexit Party, who are all there or thereabouts. Now, already, even just to say that, gives us a hint of the, the scale of the problem that uh, the political system faces, that... Uh, in a first-past-the-post system, uh, having four parties in the mix uh, just introduces a degree of uncertainty that is uh, unavoidable um, and raises sufficient concerns because just very small shifts in where votes are cast in which constituency could have massive uh, impacts on the distribution of seats. Now, with that in mind... Uh, we have to uh, uh, recognise that there's as much chance of uh, a hung parliament as there is of um, 
anything else. And if you have a hung parliament, then parties start having to talk about coalitions or supply confidence in supply arrangements. And top of the list, surprise, surprise, is likely to be Brexit. Now, uh, at that point, what the choice is remains completely mystifying to me. Uh, there are still really only the three choices. Leave with a deal, leave with no deal, or don't leave at all. Um, now, you could end up with a party that's made a very clear commitment to one of those, uh, and they might have a majority, uh, and then you might get that. You might equally end up with a situation where a party that doesn't have a clear choice uh, amongst those three also wins a majority by itself and then tries to work out which one it does. Or you could end up with a group of parties who do and or don't uh, have clear policies and then they have to think about what it is they're going to do. Now, how you decide between those three is possibly done at the ballot box and certainly if one party has an overwhelming mandate from the electorate then I think that that would be sufficient. But I think more likely is that there will be no clear answers from that. Which point we're then talking about, well, either we do something by accident or we do something by intent. The, the accidental side I think you can imagine because it's like a lot of the stuff that you've seen already. Uh, you would also uh, not be surprised to know that the by intent model is also one that we talked about, which is another referendum. Now, I still think that a, a second referendum remains unlikely because uh, it's so problematic, it's so fraught with difficulties at a procedural level uh, and in terms of an outcome that uh, it too may not provide a, a durable answer. And recall, this situation rises from a vote in 2016 on what looked like a clear question with two choices and uh, yeah, here we are. So, if we put all that together in the scheme of things, we have a parliament that looks likely to be passing a piece of legislation that will require an extension to Article 50. We then are likely to have a general election at which parties will fight it out. Uh, but that election may not provide any great clarity. Uh, to anything. Um, and if we go down the path of a referendum, that equally may not play, provide clarity. For me, I think the, the message that I've often made here and elsewhere is that this really reflects on the fundamental lack of structural debate around Brexit. God knows, we talk about Brexit all the bloody time, but we don't really talk about what's it for. We talk about the outcomes that we want. I want this kind of Brexit or that kind of Brexit. But why do we want that? You know, what's it say about the kind of society we want, the kind of country we want? And equally, part of that is how do we make decisions? You know, do we do whatever it takes to get the decision through? Or do we try to think more about the process behind all of this so that uh, it's possible to uh, come up with something more durable and that enjoys uh, buy-in from uh, the public 
uh, and the political system in a way that seems to be rather absent uh, right now. So to pull all this together into some reflections on what is to come in the next weeks, largely we still don't know what we're trying to do here. Um, the conflation of party politics with uh, the Brexit issue, the opportunity of a general election, the potential to realign the party system, all of that just complicates matters in a way that means that nothing really gets resolved and uh, made happy in uh, people's minds. Now, uh, I think we're going to see more coming through uh, on this. Uh, one of the things we haven't really talked about is the EU side. Um, you know, I think the working assumption is that the EU would grant uh, an extension if asked uh, to provide one. But doing that, I think, uh, is going to be not totally certain. And we remember back in April when we had the second extension that there was a lot of uh, disgruntlement about uh, not wasting time trying to bring this process to an end. And I think you'll hear more of those voices at the point that the EU gets asked once again. So, a busy autumn, uh, but maybe not busy in the way that we thought it was going to be, uh, uh, maybe not busy in the way that uh, the protagonists thought it might be. I will report back on various developments uh, during the autumn and beyond. Uh, I'm also going to be hopefully interviewing some more people uh, who are involved in this in different ways so you can get their input. And uh, as always, if you have questions that you want uh, answered uh, or sort of answered or equivocated about, then please do get in touch. You can get uh, hold of uh, me through the website, which is www.adiatofbrussels, or one word, .com, uh, or through our, our Twitter uh, account, which is the same name as the uh, podcast. And I'm really happy to help because there is a lot to talk about and much of it is unclear even to those who should know better. So I'm going to watch the rain pitter-patter down and uh, look back fondly on the sun, which I may see sometime next spring. Till then, uh, we shall uh, say goodbye and talk again soon. <laughs>